0: Yeah, how to be happy, weird, part three. The first two parts dealt primarily with, uh, with terms and, and, and definitions, and they're important. They're very, very important. Um, oftentimes, we, we want just the, well, tell me how to do it, but we don't know what it is that we're actually trying to do or why, what we'll get when we get there. So it's important to, to understand those terms. Today, we're going to talk about how to actually do it. And would you stand with me and let's read a couple of verses from uh, Corinthians. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, several years ago, before you sit down, several years ago, um, James Ryle um, came and he held a, a weekend seminar here about giving, and it was it was really terrific. Uh, and we took up a big offering at the end and 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 blessed uh, some other people with it. is is really great. And this, this last verse here, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, uh, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. A lot of people got excited about that verse, and they should, because that's an exciting verse. But the verse before it tells you who he's talking to. He's talking to generous people, people who've learned how to be generous. Because until we do that, God's not freed to do this. Lord, I thank You. I thank You for Your grace. I thank You for the life that's in Your Word. I pray, Lord, that that life would be in us. I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill this place. Give us ears to hear, hearts to understand. Help me to say the things that, that You want said today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Quick review uh, for those of you who uh, weren't here for the last uh, couple, of, uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And that's weird because that's not normal. That's not how we we think about things normally. Uh, As um, as Brad was saying, uh, you get a, a bigger check than normal, the first thing that pops into our mind is, I could bless myself as if it were possible for us to do such a thing. There's really no place... In scripture that I can think of, some of you will probably come up to me afterwards and go, Well, what about? But that I can think of at least right away. I'm shooting from the hip here, but there's no place in scripture where you see anybody going, I bless me. That's not that's not how it works. He says it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's happier. People who give are happier, it's happier to give than to receive. We are conditioned to consume. But we were not created to consume. Everything in our culture conditions us to, to want more, to, uh, to consume. I, I want one of those. I'd like four of those. Uh, that's, that's how we're conditioned. But that's not what we were created for. We were created in the image of God, and God is a giver. God doesn't take. He gives. That's what he does. That's who he is. Jesus was talking about generosity. He wasn't just talking necessarily, I mean, yeah, one-time thing, yeah, it is more blessed to give than to receive, but he's talking about a lifestyle of generosity that's a happier lifestyle. Those who are rich in this world's goods will not, and not rich towards God, we found out last week, will lose everything. The um, Hall of Famer Ty Cobb, baseball player, uh, apparently he was a mean piece of work and uh, by the time he died, he basically uh, pushed everybody away. But he did, on his deathbed, uh, uh, apparently, have a, a, a bag of money and a, and a revolver and a gun to be sure that nobody got his bag of money. Now, he doesn't have either one of those anymore. Not, and you know what? If he had had 50 people standing around him going, oh, Ty, we're so sorry to see you leave, he still wouldn't have the bag of money, or the gun. Because those who aren't rich towards God will lose everything. Not might lose everything, not will lose a few things, but will lose everything. Um, The great Russian novelist Dostoevsky wrote (coughs) a bunch of big, thick novels uh, the only one I've ever uh, read was the Brothers Karamazov. And I read that because, I don't know, probably 20, 25 years ago, Christianity Today did a, uh, a survey asking people what the most influential book in their walk with the Lord was besides the Bible. And that ended up being number one. And I went, what? So anyway, I read it. And, and you know, it's pretty it's pretty good. Uh, but uh, it's long. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, there's one thing. Only only one thing really stuck with me through it, and it was a parable that he told. It's only one paragraph long, so I'm going to read it to you. Once upon a time, there was a woman, and she was wicked as wicked could be, and she died. And not one good deed was left behind her. The devils took her and threw her into the lake of fire. And her guardian angel stood thinking, what good deed of hers can I remember to tell God? Now, let me just say, I don't necessarily buy into all the theology here, but the story's right. It's a parable, people. What good deed of hers can I remember to tell God? And he remembered and said to God, Once she pulled up an onion and gave it to a beggar woman. And God answered, Take now that same onion. Hold it out to her in the lake. Let her take hold of it and pull. And if you pull her out of the lake... She can go to paradise. The angel ran to the woman and held out the onion to her. Here, woman, he said, take hold of it and I'll pull. And he began pulling carefully and had almost pulled her all the way out when other sinners in the lake saw her being pulled out and all began holding on to her as she was pulled out to be pulled out with her. But the woman was wicked as wicked could be. And she began to kick them with her feet. It's me who's getting pulled out, not you. It's my onion, not yours. No sooner did she say that than the onion broke and the woman fell back into the lake and is burning there to this day. And the angel wept and walked away. We're also not talking about random acts of giving. I, we I mentioned that a little bit last, well, both, both weeks. Uh, oftentimes, random acts of giving... Hides the fact that we aren't, in fact, generous. We give to ease our conscience, or we give to, because the pitch was really good, really strong, and we're responding to it. Uh, I think the verses that we read said giving uh, not under compulsion, but as we have determined to give. That's how you become a cheerful Giver. You really can't be a cheerful giver unless you're generous, unless you practice a life of generosity. And we're not talking about tithing. Tithing is a tithing is a step upward in discipleship. Tithing is a is an act of obedience. Uh, that's not what generosity is. Generosity is for everyone. Generosity is for everyone. You know, um, I don't expect people who don't know the Lord to tithe. I wouldn't teach tithing to them. But People, anybody, generosity works for anybody. There, Jesus invited everybody to follow him. He, he didn't say, you know, well, now once you get this sorted out, and once you, once you understand who I really am, and you really believe me, then you can begin to follow me. And he says, follow me. And if you get to know me, you might find out who I really am. You might find out <laughs> what you really believe. So generosity is for everyone. Uh, and generous people, and who wouldn't want this? Generous people, uh, four things about them. They they give more. Well, that's fairly obvious. They save more. And we'll show you why in just a minute. They consume less, and they're happier about it. The reason that they consume less is because they're not trying to use stuff to fill up that hole in their life. They're not taking stuff to, to you know, have you ever tried to... Um, Have you ever tried to drive a nail with a screwdriver? Yes, I have too. But it wasn't very successful. It didn't work very well. You know, unless you're like trying to put the nail in a a marshmallow or something. A screwdriver, because it's the wrong tool. And stuff is the wrong tool for filling up the emptiness in our lives. It doesn't doesn't work. It, it It won't get done. And so they consume less but they're happier. They're happier people. Now, here's the definition of um, the working definition that we're using of generosity, and then we'll get into how to do it. Generosity is the premeditated, calculated, designated emancipation of personal financial assets. Now, if you uh, you Google the word generosity, you're liable to get a lot more shallow definition than that. (coughs) We're talking about something that actually touches on biblical principles here. You say, well, where did you, get that? where did you get that definition? I stole it from Andy Stanley, and he's happy about it. So, how to be generous. First of all, it is premeditated. Generous people have a plan. In fact, that's, th- there are two foundational things you'll need that if you grasp, you'll get there. This is one of them. Generous people have a plan. It's not... Hit or miss. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, the verses we read earlier were from 2 Corinthians. In his first letter to the Corinthians, he said, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. That's a plan. That, that is a plan. Now, if he had just had intentions, that would have been, Hey, when I get there, I'm going to take an offering, so you better be ready. But a plan is this, is, this is how you do it. Uh, 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 some, some people think that if we didn't take up so many offerings, and we don't, we, we usually only take two or three special offerings a year, but some people go, man, if the church didn't take up offerings all the time, uh, I, I could be a happy giver. No, you would be neither happy nor a giver. Yeah, that's, that's better than an amen. That, that counts for like three amens. Yeah. <laughs> Generous people are cheerful because they're not giving reluctantly. It's already been planned. And they're not giving under compulsion because they have a plan. It's already there. When we do the dollars for those who are in need, there's two reasons why I do that. Uh, One of the reasons is because God really cares about that's one of the things that's close to God's heart are people who are in need and we need to be aware of that that needs to be something we think about but another reason is because in order to bring a dollar for people in need you have to bring a dollar and most of the time a lot a lot of you don't carry cash anymore uh, I don't carry a lot of cash anymore, so but we don't have anything you can swipe up here. Well, I guess you could, you know, steal it, but we don't, you know, we don't we don't have a uh, a card machine or anything. You got to bring a dollar. You got to think about it at some point during the week. You know what? That's a plan, and that's one of the reasons why I do it. I want you to have a plan to begin to. To begin to, to move in that. Non-planners have a plan. You have financial habits. You, you, you may not, you miss, maybe hadn't figured out what, what the plan is. When I was a kid, uh, I don't remember what grades I was in. It was, I was old enough that I was riding a bus. I was young enough that I wasn't driving a car. Anyway, uh, but my dad worked at a, uh, at a little grocery store. Uh, part-time. You know, he also pastored a church. And um, every day when the bus would stop, that grocery store was about a mile from our house. So it wasn't that bad a walk. I'd get off at the grocery store instead of getting off at our house because I'd get off at the grocery store and I would go in and I would get a quarter from my dad and I would buy a Dr. Pepper and I would buy a bag of potato chips and I would buy a Snickers bar and I would get uh, uh, um, some bubblegum cards. Yeah, and you know, and some of you may go, wow, I'd love to get that for a quarter. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to work for what he was working for or anybody else was working for it at that time. But that's what I would do. That was my financial plan, people. <laughs> that was how I operated. That's why I got off the bus early. Yeah. You know, and you you have you have certain habits. You have you have certain spending habits. Some of you should never grocery shop. You need to get somebody to do your grocery because you have a superpower. And the superpower is that once you touch a grocery bag, a ba- basket, buggy, whatever those things are called, once you touch one of those, it becomes magnetized. <laughs> and and food, strange food begins to jump in to the to the thing. And then it goes to live at your house until one day you discover it. And you and you go This expired in 2007. Uh, So for some of you, part of your financial plan needs to be, you need to send somebody else a grocery instead of yourself. If you don't know what your plan is, if you don't know what your financial plan is, it's a bad one because you have one. Now here's the normal American plan. The normal American plan is, first of all, I consume. First of all, I take care of my, my clothing, my house, my uh, uh, food. And, you know, that would be, should be enough, but we don't stop there. You know, we, we consume. And even if we do stop there, that's the first thing that's on our list. Second thing that's on our list is save if I can. And I'm not asking for a show of hands, but how many can? And if you can't, then why? And then the third thing on our list uh, is to give. And if if we're going to save if we can, by the time we get to giving, that's two ifs. And two ifs, you're pretty much out. Uh, and, and the giving is... Is spontaneous and you go, well spontaneous, that's that's really that that's a good thing, isn't it? No, that's how that food jumps into your grocery basket that you weren't supposed to buy. Spontaneous. So so the giving is spontaneous, uh, and the giving is sporadic, and the giving because it's not planned, and and the giving is sparing. Because it's not planned. Not necessarily because you don't want to give. You do want to give. You don't have anything to give. Or you have very little because this was your plan. Generosity turns the plan upside down. This is is the other thing that is foundational. Flip the plan. It's real simple. You may go, well, this is hard. No, it's not as hard as you think. And it's as simple as it looks. The first thing you think about is giving. Giving comes first. Now we don't do uh we don't do uh cash or checks much anymore. A lot a lot of people don't. Uh and and I and I don't do a lot of it, quite frankly. Uh, cash or, or checks much anymore. Uh you know, and, and to be very honest, you know, there's nothing. Well, there, is. there are a lot worse things, but uh, one of my pet peeves is you get in a grocery line, you know, and you're behind somebody, and they check everything out, and everything's bagged, and then they remember, oh, I'm supposed to pay for this, and so then they get their checkbook out, and then they make a few notations, and then they begin to write the check, and I'm sitting there going, you know, I wish you would written that novel at home. I mean, it, this is, this is, this is kind of crazy. I'm just being honest here now, you know, and if you're one of those people, I apologize. To you, but I'm still going to be aggravated with you. The next, but anyway, I mean, fill out the thing. Did you not know you were going to the store? It's okay to use a check, but let's do a little planning, people. Uh, you have a plan, but but anyway, uh, you know, really, uh, and then and then uh, uh, cash. You know, we, we carry very little cash around, and but the see when you actually touch this stuff when you actually take the time to write something, I mean, you, you get more connected to it. It's why, uh, Dave Ramsey does the envelope method thing. You know, if you've got an envelope full of money and you're, you're, it's for whatever, once that envelope starts getting thin, you realize maybe I need to, maybe I need to put some brakes on here or something. You know, there's a, there's a a tactile thing about it. Uh, about the only checks I write anymore, because most of my bills, uh, you know, I pay on, you know, um, withdrawal and stuff, is every month, at the first of the month, I write a bunch of checks. And they're all giving. It's the first thing on my list. Has been since I had a checking account, I guess. Because before I came to the Lord, I didn't even have one. You know, has been since. That's the first thing ever. And, and it's, it's uh, there are a number of reasons why I do that. One of them is I want to touch that. This is this is precious. This is this is a, a wonderful thing. I want to touch that. And I and, and you know I want to remember to pray for that missionary when I'm doing that. I want to, I want to remember to, to 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 pray a blessing over over that organization that I'm giving to or whatever it may happen to be. This is it, it's it's the first thing. It's the first it's the first thing that, that comes out. And so you say you give and then you save. Now, this is why generous people save more. What do you think gives you the better chance of saving? If you consume first and then save, or if you save and then consume? See, consuming wrecks it all, but you know, it really does. And so if you're going to give first, then you can save. And then consume, and you may, you know, and some of you are thinking, well, I I won't have enough. I won't have enough when I get there. That's not what the Bible says. You will have enough. I promise you. You will have enough. Paul said it. We've we've read it. You know, he said God is able to provide. So that at all times, uh, on all occasions, having all that you need, and he's talking about people who have planned to be generous. A- and over in Philippians where he talks about that verse that we like so much, and we should, my God will provide all of my needs according to my, his riches and glory. And actually it's my God will provide all of your needs according to riches and glory. is because he's talking to people in the context of these were generous people who had sent offerings and who had, been, and who had been generous not just toward him but toward others. That's where that verse fits in. If you, if you will flip this thinking, you will have enough. You put it the other way, it's up to you. Okay, so it's premeditated. It's also calculated. Now calculated, you know, means <laughs> calculated. That's what it means. It means no Ahead of time, how much? You no, know ahead of time, how much? Uh, that way, you don't get there and you get the big pitch, and you kind of go, "Well, I guess, I, you know, I, I guess I'll give more." No, you know, ahead of time, how much? And I, I brought—I was brought up in a uh, <clears throat> in a church culture that uh, would really kind of uh, uh, balk at this, and it—and I can relate it to to preaching. Uh, The last two years we were in Zimbabwe, we had a pastor. uh, Actually, he was an elder, but teaching elder. He was in the pulpit most Sundays, who scripted his sermons. He manuscripted his sermons, and he read them off. And the first week or two, or the first time that I saw him doing that, I I went, you know, I I basically wanted to run screaming from the building. I went, you know, there is no God in this place. You know, this is, the Holy Spirit surely can't move here. Uh, But after a few years... I began to realize that every sermon that man preached, I, I left chewing on something. I, I left, I left, I've been fed. I left, I left with something. I you know, go, well, what, what's going on here? Because see, I grew up in a, in a situation where, you know, you just wanted to, the, the, the less organized and less planned it was, the more the Holy Ghost could move. Well, maybe that's true, and maybe that's not true. What was true is the less organized and the less planned it was, the more people could get in the flesh and do whatever the heck they wanted to. Call it the Holy Ghost. Was that unkind? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I really am, because, you know, but I you know, I just saw so much. One of the things that I learned was the Holy Ghost can actually inspire a sermon on Tuesday as well as he can on Saturday night or on Sunday morning. The Holy Ghost can actually instruct you about your giving on Thursday or Monday or Wednesday just, just as well as he can on Sunday, on Sunday or whenever, whenever the offering is finally being taken up. He can speak to you. And, and the truth of the matter is, if you learn to listen to him on Tuesday about that, or on Thursday, or whenever it may happen to be, you will hear more clearly from him on Sunday. Because the Holy Ghost doesn't just work one day a week. He works all seven. And he's not just talking about what's going to happen in the next 15 minutes. He's sometimes talking about What's going to happen in in the future? And so anyway, and so uh, know ahead of time how much and uh, set up either a, a percentage or an amount. Now I would I would lean towards saying a, a percentage because if you're making twenty thousand dollars and he's saying I want you to give an extra five dollars every week to something or something that that would be generosity for you. Then uh, you know as as income creep happens, giving doesn't tend to creep along with it you know but if you if you know if, it, if it's a percentage then then it'll tend to it'll tend to go there um, and, and you'll be less susceptible to the pitch you know you'll be less susceptible to uh, to feeling guilt and giving under compulsion because you've already given what God told you to do and you're not going to fix the whole world anyway so maybe it's maybe this was something somebody else is supposed to to help take care of and then Three, finish up the calculated thing here with three P's, basically this way. Priority needs to be, the priority needs to be flipped. Percentage, I would say a percentage. And progressive. Progressive. Because as you begin to move in generosity, then you begin to find out that, you know, I really am still going to have enough left over. I, I really am, I really can trust God to take care of things in my life. And it's, it's, a, it's a progressive walk with the Lord. So premeditated, calculated, designated. Designated just simply means you decide where it goes. And once again, we're, I'm not talking about uh, tithe. God has designated the tithe himself. But designated is your money needs to go where your heart is. And when I say God has designated the tithe, there's two places he's designated it for. He's designated it for his worship, to provide for where worship takes place, and those who are in full-time calling to that worship, he's provided it for the poor. You know why he's provided those two places? Because that's where God's heart is. That's where his heart is. So, well, you mean his heart is, is in... Uh, this building not not this, his heart is in worship and it's not because god is going man i need to get more worshipers let's let's but it's because he knows this this is the way that that people come to know him are instructed in him and he knows that if we don't if we don't come to know him our life will be a wreck as we do come to know him Our life is enriched and made so much better. So those are the two places where his heart is. Give, when it comes to generosity, give where your heart is. Saving is how you say yes to you. Giving is how you say yes to what's important to you. What's important to you? If fishing is important to you, you will find a way. To get a boat, to get a motor, to buy some, buy every lure known to mankind, get you a get new rod, because that's important to you. You know, if golf's important to you, you got to have the, you know, the, the, the latest clubs and everything. Not that it's going to change your game any, it's, it's going to make you think that you will be a better player, you know. You, you will have prettier stuff, because this is important to you, you know. What, what, what is important? And so I'm not saying that you're, you're generous if you buy yourself a bass boat. No, you're just buying something you're going to sell in a little while. But what, what I'm saying is, when you think about generosity, go, what is important? And you know what? If the only thing important to you is stuff for you, you, you you've, got, you've got a problem. You need to figure out something that's out there, that you care about, that's not Inward-focused. You need to figure out what that that is. And I know that, uh, well, sometimes, uh, you know, there are things that you really care about and you just go, man, I I wish I could do more. And the reason why you can't do more is not because you don't have more income. The reason why you can't do more is because you don't have a plan. Whatever it is you're doing without a plan, you could do more with a plan. Okay, and I know also that at times people go, "Well, you know, generosity is not just about money." No, it isn't just about money. I agree. P- people can be generous with their time. People can uh, can be generous with their with their effort. Can be generous with their work. But money's a barometer. If you if you look at somebody, if you look at spending, and you see where the money goes you'll not only see what they care about the most, you'll also see where they probably spend the most of their time. It's a barometer in our lives. Two questions to direct your giving. One is, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? You know, you're grateful for... uh, uh, Franklin Graham and the work that he does is that, you know, send him some money. You're grateful for uh, public television, public radio. Most of you aren't because this is Middle Tennessee and and that's a a communist organization in a lot of people's minds. But if you are, and if you'd like to listen to things without listening to a bunch of commercials, send them some money. What are you grateful for? Are you grateful for your school? Or, or the school that your kids go to? Maybe they go to a good school, and there's been a particularly good teacher, and and they've really had a positive influence on your on your uh, on your child's life. You know what? They could use some money. Give it to them. Be be generous. You grateful for your local church? Maybe maybe sometimes you want to give something beyond a tithe. You know, just what are you grateful for? And then the second thing is. What are you broken over? What what really moves your heart? You know what, what do you how do you really want to see the world changed? Well, don't just think about it. Make a plan and begin to be generous. Begin, to, begin to, to help them out. Uh, I, well, I will say this, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of outside organizations may address your concerns. Do some research because a lot of times, a lot of the money, more money goes to collecting money than it does to actually addressing the problem. So do some research. But there'll be somebody, there'll be something. What, what breaks your heart? Be generous there. And so it's the premeditated, calculated, Um, designated emancipation of your personal financial resources. Generosity isn't freeing your money. It's it's freeing yourself. It's freeing you. That's what it really is. I mean, uh, it it shouldn't be consume, save, give. That will consume you. When you you flip it and it becomes give, save, then it becomes live. That's because you're not just... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being, uh, maybe I'm just rationalizing something here. But, uh, you know, when it comes to eating, uh, we're so blessed. We, we don't have to, we don't necessarily have to worry all that much about eating to live because we've got plenty of food. Uh, and, and we don't just live to eat. But you know what? It, it sure is fun. And so, I, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm not a vegan. Uh, <laughs> Can I, can I just confess here, I like bacon? I, I mean, it, I, I really do. Margaret never cooks it for me, and you know, I love her more than I love bacon, so I put up with that. But <laughs> but, but live, mm-hmm. True, truly, uh, this sets you free to live. Ownership is a myth. Consumption leaves you empty and wanting more. Generosity sets you free. If you consume first, you're actually the one being consumed. And generous people, they don't don't give under compulsion. They give, but it's not under compulsion. And so they're able to be a cheerful giver. They have an easier time saying no to those things that will undermine their financial future. Because they've got a plan. They have a goal. They have a plan. Uh, Let's assume that you're not generous. I I know all of you are, but let's assume that you're not. If you were going to be generous, how much would you like to give and and where? And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about, you know, a Disney movie here. I'm not talking about, yeah, I'd like to give a a zillion dollars to um, something. When we were... um, Back in the Lord's Chapel, back in the early 80s, we took up a, uh, a special building offering. We had a, a big push for, uh, to raise money for building a new building. And uh, we had a big offering come in that day. And, and part of the reason was because there was one lady who uh, wrote a check for $75,000. Yeah, early 80s. And that was really impressive until I heard who it was and realized... She doesn't have $750, much less $75,000. And she, you know, she didn't, bless her heart, but that's not generosity. Generosity would have been a $20 check from her or a $50 check. S- something, something real, something that you you can actually do. What would you do? You know, I, I don't want you to go, well, when I win the lottery or when I get this raise, You know, when I can give $10,000, you know, I'll do that. Well, what about now? What about $5? Begin. Begin to be generous. And, you know, and if you just absolutely have no way of, no headroom whatsoever, twice a year we do Financial Peace University, you need to take it. You need, you need to sign up for it. You go, well, uh, you know, I don't like Dave. He's kind of harsh. I don't care. You know, don't uh, uh, talk, let Mario do it. He's not harsh. You know, he's a sweet guy. Mario, you know, he's a sweet guy. <laughs> he may send some people to encourage you. Sometimes you need help. One of the uh, the most powerful things you can say to anybody is, will you help me? I need help. So, start thinking less about what I'm going to get and more about what I'm going to give. How do I change the world? I'm not saying you don't think at all about what you're going to... I think about what I'm going to get. Everybody thinks about it. But start thinking less about that and more about how can i how can i give how can i help how can i how can i change the world and if you do that then life will go from being normal which isn't all that great to weird and not just weird but happy weird because it's more happy to give than to receive i want to i want to leave you with this one verse it's in uh, proverbs because uh I want to go back one more time and touch on the idea that if you will do this, you will have enough. So, yeah, the Bible says so. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. So, well, you know, they're, they're, I know people who stingy as all get out, and, and they're not poor. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. See, the the Lord can send you wealth, and the enemy can send you wealth. One will destroy you, and one makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Would you stand with me? Next week, we're going to... uh, See, God plans... He has plans. Next week we're going to go into the book of Ephesians, talk about God's universal plan, and then we'll talk about His personal plan. He's a planner, and you're created in His image. Uh, but I really felt like I needed to start out the year with this, uh, with, with this series. Uh, and it's not you know because we need more money. It's because we need more joy. We need more freedom. We, we need we could use some happiness in our lives this is it well those who are going to minister to people if you'll come forward and uh wait on people to come and if you're here today and you need prayer he's a gracious God and he doesn't ask you to bring anything in fact he wouldn't mind you coming and, and proving him testing him healing broken relationships uh, financial. I, I know that there are people with financial just disasters. Uh, take it to God. Ask Him about it. I mean, there may, you know, you're going to have to change some things. There may be some uh, some things that it's going to take a little while to work out. But make Him part of it. Include Him. Ask Him. Uh, that's the hardest thing for us to do in our culture, I think, pretty much, is to admit financial problems but if if that's you come uh, if you need prayer you come we're going to if you don't worship with us for a few moments while we wait on those who do